Life is full of challenges. With an unpredictable economy and just as surprising life changes, you need to be prepared to weather any storm. Elder law and estate planning attorney Kevin Tharp and financial advisor Gary Anderson are available to help you with life's difficult decisions. This is Truth in Planning. Investment volatility and your retirement. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. Kevin Investment volatility is something we're experiencing now more than we have in quite some time. People who get your your brokerage account statements every month or every quarter, how, whenever they're whenever you get those, you see just about every time that it might not be real consistent with the, with the statement that you got before. And so we're experiencing volatility. That's the market actually moving back and forth like a washing machine. That's kind of what's happening there. It goes up, it goes down, it stays stays um, level at times, but we're seeing this washing machine effect, and it it's actually something that's kind of makes you dizzy after you after a while because you can't really get a grip on this volatility, and you certainly can't get a grip a lot of times on how this volatility is going to affect your retirement. If you're getting close to retirement, it's something that needs to be bothering you if it's not because it's something that has to be addressed. Up until early 2020, we'd experienced stock markets that basically went up for 10 years, a little bit more than 10 years, up until early 2020. We'd gotten real used to stock markets going up. Yeah, put the money in the stock market. You know, next year, this time, it'll be worth 15, 20% more. That's what you heard all the time. And it's amazing how quickly we forget that things will go the other way at some point. That was a nice long stretch in stock market history of, of, of uh, increases in the value of market and your stocks. But this is the downside. Um, March 9th of 2020 was kind of the pivot point here. That was when we had the shutdown. That was his, We had a historic plunge in the market that day in the Dow Jones. The average went down pretty considerably by the by. The next over the next seven days, uh, the market went down. The Dow Jones went down a record three thousand points in a week, and then uh, it actually went down thirteen percent in a single day on uh, March, right in the middle of March there before it started coming back up. So what we're seeing is that was the beginning of what we're seeing now, and it continues on just the same way it did then. Although markets did come back quickly, we were very happy about that. But then in 2022, we had more of the same as far as down markets went. No, they did not go down like they did in March of 2020, but the markets went down. And they continued to go down until about October of 2022 when we started seeing things stabilize a bit. But the volatility still exists. You see the value of these accounts that you have change all the time. So it doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence and how you're going to be able to use those funds in retirement, knowing that the value could be very, very different from one day to the next. And so and this is all history. When we look at what happened in March of 2020, that was a very unique time, but there's always unique times. I mean, something else is going to come along and create this again, and unfortunately, you could very well be in the middle of your retirement years and using those funds when it happens, And so we have to be aware of that. And when it comes to markets, Warren Buffett's got a good quote. Um, 
and, and Warren Buffett, you know, is an incredible investor. He's done very well over the years being a, a, a good investor. He's not necessarily a terribly aggressive investor. He makes a lot of wise decisions, but even he, he fails sometimes with his investments. But what he said is, you never know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. In other <laughs> words, people don't realize how exposed they are on Wall Street until the market goes down. And then you look at it and say, wow, this thing is way more aggressive than I thought it was. It's way more volatile than I thought it was. What do I do about that? And how is this going to affect my retirement? And that's when you tell women and children need to leave the room because there's going to be some things you may not want to see, well, right? right. So. Good point. We're talking about investment volatility as a part of your retirement plan today on Truth and Planning, and I'm with my co-host, Gary Anderson, financial advisor. And Gary, I think that is such an accurate description of the markets and its volatility is that they're so subject to, and you don't really realize how at risk things are until something happens. And so by preparing and planning for it, when the tide comes out, you're not going to be standing out there buck naked. You might be in your shorts and your swim shorts, but you're not going to offend everybody in the in the known world because you're standing out there buck naked and you weren't prepared for it. Yeah, and, and that's that's the idea behind a good retirement plan, Kevin, because what most people who were shocked by these big declines in the market. The reason they were so shocked, number one, is because we weren't used to it again. We'd gotten used to the markets going up. But it was a big surprise. And what we wanted to emphasize here is it was a big surprise to people who were 30, but it wasn't life-changing. But for people who were 55, 60, 65, people who were about to go into retirement, and even worse, people who were in retirement, that was a massive shock. And what's happened over the years is I think people then realize, yes, you know, I've been swimming around naked and now the tide's going out and now I, everybody can see me. Well, the, when the markets went down, yes, you were exposed to the market risk. And you were exposed mainly because you probably had too much risk involved for this stage of your retirement career. And what we have to do as far as planning goes is make sure, number one, you don't have too much risk involved as you approach those retirement years and as you go through them when you're going to rely on that money. If you don't have any desire to use that your retirement funds in your retirement and you know you'll never need to touch those funds, well, it's different. You might can be a little more aggressive with it then. But for the most part, most people can have a real issue if they leave their investments just like they are throughout their retirement years, you can expect a pretty rough ride. If you don't like the way the market went down back over the past year or so, back in 2020, and you don't like what happened to the, your investments back in March of 2020, then if you haven't changed those investments, and if those investments aren't a part of your overall plan, then you better do it now. And that's something that we like to help people do. Your advisor should be helping you develop a plan that addresses market volatility. You can't just ignore it. And when you see these markets go up and down, the standard answer from Wall Street, from brokers and some advisors is just stay the course, hold tight, don't worry about it for now, it'll come back. Well, 
if you're in that in in that particular mode right now, uh, yeah, it's very uncomfortable. And yes, it can come back. But what you would rather do is not be in that situation to start with. As you've gone through your working years and now you're approaching retirement or in retirement, you need to make sure that your investments aren't going to do what they did back in March of 2020 or even throughout the years. You know, 2022 was a bad year up until the end of the year when things started coming back a little, although very few people even noticed that very much. You've got to not be invested the same way. That's when you start changing your investments. And I'm not talking about wholesale dramatic changes with things you aren't even familiar with. It doesn't have to be that. It's just tapering the amount of risk you have in your overall investments and have portfolios inside your plan that address the fact that, yes, this can happen again. It's happening now, and 10 years from now, or 15 years, or 7 years, or whatever it is, it can happen again. I need to be ready for it because I'm going to be retired then. That's what people will say. I'm going to be retired. I don't want that risk again, Gary. I can't stand it. And that's what we want to do as far as a plan is concerned. So, Gary, how can our listeners take that step to be prepared for investment volatility? Kevin, they can call us at Anderson Advisors, 888-3712, and our website is gary-anderson.com. In the next segment, we're going to talk about elder law and education. Elder Law and Education. I'm Kevin Tharp, Elder Law and Estate Planning Attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, Financial Advisor, Anderson Advisors. Gary, Elder Law and Education kind of brings to mind the old saying, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Because a lot of times people hear the word Elder Law and they think, well, it's just for, for old people. And a lot of times people to say, oh, so you're that elderly lawyer? No, I'm 60 years old. I do not consider that elderly at all. So no, I'm not that elderly lawyer. I'm a lawyer who practices in the area of elder law. And so a part of the reason why we do this radio show every week, the reason why we speak to groups uh, that will invite us, the reason why we do blogs and uh, email newsletters and hard copy newsletters and things from our office is it's education. It's all about providing people information on a topic area that, quite frankly, Gary, affects most of us, a majority of us. Elder law is simply this. It's an area of law where we help people protect their assets when long-term care is involved. Now, long-term care does not automatically mean nursing home. That's the end, if you will, the most extensive form of long-term care. But long-term care could also be in your home. It could be in assisted living. It could be in memory care. Basically, Gary, long-term care is the more help you need with those activities of daily living over a long period of time, that's long-term care. So think about like this morning when we got up. What's the first thing we did when we woke up? We got out of bed. It's called transference. There's a lot of people out there, Gary, that can't do that without help. We get up, we walk, maybe walk to the bathroom. There's a lot of people that can't do that without assistance. 
we may go to the bathroom. We may go in there and brush our teeth or we may go uh, jump in the shower and take a shower. There's people that can't do that without help or assistance. We get dressed, hopefully. We, not a good idea to go downstairs and eat breakfast and cook bacon when you're not dressed. Okay, <laughs> That's a whole other show altogether. But we get dressed. Some people can't do that without help. So as we think about those things of activities of daily living that, quite honestly, many of us take for granted, the more of those things we need help for an extended period of time. Now, it might be temporary. I know a couple years ago when I twisted my ankle, uh, I needed help putting my socks on for a while. And I needed help walking around, so I got a crutch. Uh, People do that all the time. Uh, and but it's temporary. We're talking about over an extended period of time. So long-term care is one of those things that is likely to impact most of us. And here's why it's likely to impact most of us, because statistically we're living longer. The average life expectancy, it's not unusual to know somebody that are celebrating their 100th birthday. I mean, just watch the Today Show every morning, and you'll see all of these people that are on the smucker celebrating their 100th birthday. And that's just a small percentage of that. So people are living longer. It's not unheard of. But as we're living longer, we're needing help, more and more help with those activities of daily living. So long-term care can have a huge impact on us and our families and uh, our relationships, uh, socially, as well as financially. So as an elder law attorney, I've devoted my practice to helping people and their families deal with the issues that come with long-term care. And one of the biggest ways that I do that is communicating to people some important legal truths or principles that we're going to talk about on this show. That's what education is all about. In fact, I started out in education learning about this thing called elder law. Why? Because they don't teach it in law school. You're listening to Truth and Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, and I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Tharp, state planning and elder law attorney. And Kevin, today we're talking about education and elder law. And I think it's a good, this is a good thing to cover because I just said a little while ago, estate planning and elder law attorney, you're both of those. How does that fit together? How, how do, does one complement the other? Because what we do is what I do as an elder law attorney has a direct connection to what I also do as an estate planning attorney. In fact, in the next segment on today's show, we're going to talk about estate planning and education. But I got started in the area of elder law as a part of my law school education. I learned about contracts and civil procedure. I learned about torts. I learned about bankruptcy. I learned about taxes. In fact, that's what inspired me to, to become a tax lawyer. I wanted to be a tax lawyer. That's what Kevin Tharp wanted to do. But it didn't take me long after graduation that, to learn that the good Lord had something else in mind for my career. My ministry was not in tax law. My ministry was helping families deal with this issue of long-term care. And I literally got thrown into the middle of it because in March of 1988, my grandfather, my mother's father, had a stroke, and he found himself in a nursing home. And he had Medicare Part B. He had a Medicare supplement, and that covered his rehab for about three months 
But unfortunately, he was not able to fully rehabilitate. So he was going to have to stay in that nursing home for an extended period of time. And so now he was looking at, and his family was looking at a choice of paying out of pocket, we call that private pay, or getting help from Medicaid. And it was $6,000 a month back in 1988. Well, I graduated law school in May of 1988, passed the bar exam, had a job lined up uh, with the IRS as a tax attorney. But I'm sitting in the office of a nursing home and its director and its admissions person, my grandmother and my mother. And we're all sitting there and the topic comes up of how we're going to pay for that nursing home. And here's the information that we were provided by the nursing home. You're going to have to private pay until you run out of money. You can only have $2,000 in the bank. You have to sell everything else you own, including your home. You cannot own any assets. And once all of your assets are gone, then the nursing home said, we will apply for Medicaid on your behalf and Medicaid will pay us for your care. So my grandmother looked at me with a shocked look on her face and my mother was on the other side looking at me and asking me, both asking me the same question. Am I going to lose my home because your grandfather's in a nursing home? Well, I didn't have the education training to know the answer to that question in May of 1988. Fast forward some 35 years later, my mother's in the same nursing home. My family is being told the same thing, and I do know that answer. Because I went out and I got the education. I got the information. Law school doesn't teach you everything, but it does tell you how to find the answer. So I searched out uh, and talked to other attorneys that I know that were elder law attorneys. And one thing I found is there are very few of them at that time in the state of Georgia that practice in elder law, that are certified in elder law. And one of them was a gentleman named Bill Overman, and he was very kind to share some information with me. David Pollan was another one. And I learned a lot. And you know one of the things both of them told me? Go to every CLE you can go to. You may not be able to get it in Georgia, so you may have to go out of state. You may have to go to another city to get it. But there's an organization called the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, and I've been a member of that organization now for 35 years. You know what the primary reason why? Education to learn about this subject of being an elder law attorney so I can share that information with my clients, including my family. And in the next segment, I'm going to talk about the three things that I learned from Bill Overman and David Pollan and Nayla and all the continuing education conferences and 35 years of professional and personal experience on as an elder law attorney. I'm going to share that education and information with you. Kevin, why don't you give people that information right now so they can come in and talk to you? Well, Gary, my contact information is through my website, kevintharp.com. Coming up, dangerous assumptions for your retirement account. Dangerous Retirement Assumption. I'm Gary Anderson, Financial Advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, Elder Law and Estate Planning Attorney. Kevin, in the my previous segment, I gave, gave you a Warren Buffett quote, and I've got one more for you. And to me, 
this is actually every bit as important or even more so than the other. What Warren Buffett recently said, it's insane to risk what you have for something you don't need. In other words, one of the wealthiest men on the planet isn't a big fan of taking excess risk, particularly when it's not required to make sure you're meeting your goals. And this is a question I ask people all the time. If you have enough money right now, if you have enough money sitting there right now, and it can address your retirement all through your retirement years, and most likely even leave something for your heirs or some charity or whomever you want it to go to, if you have that right now, what in the world do you want too much risk with your investments for? Now, I'm not saying you don't need to be invested in the market. One of the reasons we invest in the market is because of liquidity. And the market has averaged a nice rate of return over a period of time, 7 to 10% per year for decades. That's what it's averaged. But we have to con consider the fact that sometimes it's going the other direction. That average is just an average. As we're reaching our retirement, there's a good chance that we could have a downturn in the market. We have to assume that because we're seeing it now. And it will happen again at some point. I'm not, I don't have any idea when we're going to become, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you when we're going to come out of all this that we're going through now financially in this country, but we probably still have a ways to go before we start seeing the real light at the end of the tunnel. And what I see a lot of people do, really contrary to what Warren Buffett is saying, they take on more risk as they get towards retirement. And the reason they do it, and this is something I tell people all the time, we may not ever talk again, but one thing I want you to know and I want you to avoid, do not take on more investment risk the closer you get to retirement. Or even worse, if you're trying to make up some losses that you've had or to make up some, some money that you've had to use for emergencies, something that's going on, and you've depleted or taken the amount of your account down considerably, don't tell your advisor to ramp up the level of aggressiveness. Don't ramp it up more in order to try to make up this that you've lost or maybe make up something that you never made in the first place and now you're trying to catch up. The best way to catch up as you go towards retirement as you're going towards your retirement years is to accumulate more to add more to it. But don't get so aggressive that you find yourself let's say in an October 2008 situation. Everybody knows what happened then. The market started what we call, that was the beginning of the Great Recession, and a lot of people got caught in that, and they were investing too aggressively because the markets had done well for quite a while, just like we had seen recently over the past few years, and they made assumptions. And the assumptions they made were, well, the market's going to grow it's all going to be fine. I can make a lot of money in the market because markets over a period of time can make 7 to 10% a year for me. But that's not reality when it, you're getting closer to retirement. So don't think that you're going to help yourself a whole lot by taking on more risk to make up for what you don't have already. And then on the other hand, a lot of people will take on more risk just because an advisor maybe told them to do that. Well, you've got enough money here to take care of yourself throughout your life. There's no reason why you can't have a, a, a growth portfolio 
or maybe even a more aggressive towards growth portfolio, there's no reason why you can't have that because you have plenty here. So let's see if you can make as much money as you can. That's terrible advice, and I hope a lot of advisors don't do that. I think a lot of people sometimes have that mentality. Any advisor that out, that's out there doing that is probably uh, probably not. People aren't happy with him at this point in time because you've taken on more risk and you didn't need it when you had enough money to take care of yourself to start with. And if that's the case, you certainly need to be more conservative as you get towards the retirement years and go through it because you don't want to get hit by an October 2008 again and or a March 2020 like we had. Thankfully, the markets came back then, but there's nothing to say it won't happen again. And like I said in the earlier segment, you'll get advice a lot of times from brokers that say, just ride out the storm. It's going to be okay. You're going to get, the markets will come back and your funds will be restored. That's, they don't know that. They don't really know that. That's what they're saying because it always has, but we are in different times. Uh, we've never had a pandemic anywhere close to what we had starting in 2020 with the COVID pandemic. Never had anything like that. We had pandemics years ago and have had them, but nothing to that extent. And look how that particular thing affected all of our markets, global markets, U.S. markets. So that's something that's different. We have political discord at home, and that's just a fact of life. Whether you lean left or you lean right, there is political discord right now and there's more opinions out there about politics than i'll ever see i think social media probably has a lot to do with that but just from the fact that we are getting close to retirement a lot of times we don't really need to sit tight because all these things are going on war in ukraine another thing we don't know what's going to happen that has impacted us a whole lot that's another thing that's contributed to a lot of this inflation we've had and now inflation is really affecting people's retirements, like I had said earlier. So you can't make the assumption that these markets are going to go up or go up anytime soon. They might. And I'm seeing good, positive signs of that. But we're not out of the woods yet. And if you need the money that you have already, don't go investing it trying to make a little more with it. That's just like going and playing the slot machine. We're talking about dangerous retirement assumptions today on Truth and Planning, and I'm with my co-host, Gary Anderson, financial advisor. And Gary, I know I've heard you say uh, in past shows, including on today's show, I know that there is a nationally syndicated person that talks about all the time about the average return in a good growth mutual fund. Uh, This person is famous for saying that average, though, includes some up years and some negative years, does it not? Yes, it does. And it includes a long period of time, a big window. And let's say that window is a 30, 40, 50-year window where these markets have averaged this, so you've got a lot of confidence that markets can come back. But what you don't have now is the time. Now you're running out of time. Just to put it bluntly, we're all running out of time. We're getting older. That's a great thing. We're all getting older. That means we're still here. We can enjoy our children and our grandchildren for hopefully years and and years more. But we want to be able to enjoy them and have enough assets to be able to do that. So don't get too risky. I was talking to a man on the phone a couple of days ago, 
and we were just having this discussion because I invite people to call us for a 15-minute phone appointment just to kind of get a good understanding of each other. And I said, one thing we don't need to have you doing if I become your advisor is we don't want you to have too much risk involved. We don't want you to be too aggressive. And he said, Gary, if I wanted to be aggressive, if I wanted to take risk, I'd just go to Mississippi and go to the casino and just try to blow all my money there because that's exactly what's going to happen to me because it's happened before. And I put a $100 limit on me when I go to Mississippi (laughs) or Las Vegas. And if you lose it, great. Walk away. But with this guy, see, he had experienced this in the past, and he was smart enough to remember that it can happen again. And now he's staring at retirement square in the face, and he likes his prospects for retirement, but he does not want to have too much risk there. So, Gary, how can our listeners have that conversation with you and make sure that they're not making those assumptions in their retirement planning strategy? They can call us at Anderson Advisors, 888-371-2847. In the next segment, we're going to talk about estate planning and education. Three things you need to know as a part of your elder law education. I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. Gary, in the previous segment, we talked about how elder law and education go hand in hand. And especially in elder law, because there's a lot of people that don't know when you first hear elder law, what is elder law? But once you explain to them and you give them information, you educate them on what I do as an elder law attorney, they're like, oh, well, that impacts me. I can do commercials and say I'm an elder law attorney and I've been an elder law attorney for 35 years and I belong to the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. And most people will go, oh, well, that's good. That's nice. But when you start talking about as an elder law attorney, how I help people prepare and protect as, prepare for long-term care and protect their assets when they get into long-term care. I help them deal with those things when they can't uh, do the activities of daily living and they can't do they need help on a long-term basis or if they have to go into a nursing home. And I help educate them on the things that um, uh, that will help them. Then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, I need that." And so, as an elder law attorney. Part of the education is sharing with people information. And I'd indicated that in the next segment, I'm going to talk about that information as an elder law attorney. And Gary, that information also spills over to estate planning. So as promised, let's talk about the three things, the three bits of pieces of information that you need to know in order to know that you were prepared and protected if you or somebody in your family experiences long-term care, whether it's in your home, whether it's in assisted living, assisted living with memory care, or nursing home, especially nursing home. Here are the three things. Number one, keep ownership. Always, always focus on keeping ownership. 
So many times I've heard so many stories in my 35-plus years career as an elder law attorney that people will tell me that in order to prepare for this, in order to respond or react when a loved one gets sick and has to go into a nursing home and needs long-term care, the number one thing I hear people tell me is, I'm getting everything out of my name. We're putting mom and dad's, our names on mom and dad's bank account. We're taking the house and we're putting it into our names. I'm hearing this a lot lately, too, because there's a lot of uh, elder law attorneys that advertise on the radio and do seminars and webinars. We're putting everything in an irrevocable trust. We've been talking with so-and-so elder law attorney, and that's what they recommended. Gary, I talked to somebody just a few days ago up in my young Harris office. And in responding to uh, a loved one, there's their parents got older, a child was taking advantage of uh, their mom and dad. This elder law attorney, you know what they recommended? Put your the other kids, put y'all's names on the accounts and put everything else in an irrevocable trust. Gave up ownership. The kids just mom and dad just jumped from the frying pan into the fire. Because when you change title and you give up or share ownership, you lose asset protection. And in the case of an irrevocable trust, you can't you lose asset protection and you can't take it back because that's what irrevocable means. So that's why we tell people you're prepared when it comes to long-term care by focusing on keeping ownership. Here's the second thing. You're prepared for long-term care, 35-plus years as an elder law uh, attorney, an active member of the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, tells you this. Keep ownership so you can have access. It's important. If you give up ownership, if you put things in an irrevocable trust, you can't get to your stuff, Gary. You've got to get somebody else's permission in order to get access. And if you keep ownership, you can authorize others to have access. You can put the parameters on when they have access and how they can use that access. So keep ownership, keep access. And here's number three, always focus on the type of assets you have. You will know the answer to, will I lose everything if I go into a nursing home? When my grandmother went into a nursing home and we were presented with that information of you're going to lose your home, I didn't know this information. I didn't know these laws then. Thirty some odd years later, when my mother went into the same nursing home and we were told the same thing, I knew this information. And what was that? Focus on the type of asset, and that will tell you whether or not you are protected. You're listening to Truth and Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, and I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Tharp, estate planning and elder law attorney, and today we're talking about elder law and education. And Kevin, elder law, I think a lot of times is, like you had said earlier, is something that people really don't understand, and that is why you educate people on this. And I think it's important because this thing about you're going to lose everything is such a common myth, and it's still out there. There's so and much misinformation about yeah, that. And it still absolutely is sending people in the wrong direction. I think a conversation with you changes that. And education is a part of learning things that you don't know or keeping yourself updated on things you do know as they change. 
And that's why elder law and education becomes so important, because so many people out there don't know this information. They don't know that your home and retirement account are the types of assets that are protected if you go into a nursing home. That means you don't have to sell your home or cash in your retirement account and a lot of other assets because the law has always said that those are the types of assets that are protected and they remain protected the rest of your life as long as you keep ownership. So that's why we do this radio show. That's why we do the ads. That's why we have seminars and webinars and speak to groups and do our blogs Because this is important information that once people know it, then they know how to respond. They're willing to respond. They respond back with, how come I've never heard this before? Because there's not a lot of information, accurate, up-to-date, correct information out there disseminated to the public. And so that's why we start with, focus on these three things. Now, here's how elder law and estate planning merge together. Here's how they connect together. So as an elder law attorney, if you focus on these three things, number one, keep ownership of your assets. There are no penalties if you keep ownership. There are penalties if you give up ownership, including putting things in your kids' names, sharing ownership, like putting their names on your bank accounts, or putting things in an irrevocable trust. Number two, Always have access. You keep ownership, you got access. Give others access. Put the parameters and limitations on how and when they can use that access. And number three, focus on the type of asset you have. And if you focus on the type of asset you have, the other two things will make sense. They'll fall into place. You won't need to give up ownership of your home in order to protect it. Now, here are the three things that you need to know when it comes to estate planning. Here are the three bits of information, three laws you need to know, or excuse me, two laws you need to know in estate planning. Number one, okay, the law that we're all going to die. The law that we're all going to die owning assets. So number one law you need to remember to prepare for estate planning is number one, put your wishes in a legal document. And the legal document you should choose is a trust, a revocable living trust, because that allows you to keep ownership. That allows you to have access and give others access while you're living. And then title your assets. This is law number two, state planning law number two. Title your assets in coordination with that trust so that when you die, you have a complete estate plan. Nobody has to go through probate and your assets will continue to be protected at death the way they are during life. Kevin, people do not have to be alone when it comes to doing the right type of plan. So why don't you give them your information so that you can plan along with them? Gary, the first step is to contact us through our website, kevintharp.com. Investment advisory services are offered through Anderson Advisors, a registered investment advisory firm. Anderson Advisors is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investments involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Any reference to protection, safety, and lifetime income generally refers to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the strength and paying capabilities of the insurance carrier. This show is intended for informational and educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. You should 
consult with a financial advisor to help determine the best options for your particular circumstances. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not endorsed by the United States government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions construed herein presented by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. Completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Gary Anderson nor Anderson Advisors is affiliated with attorney J. Kevin Tharp or any guests on this show.